Hey, to those out there in our audience, uh, we just want to thank you for, for being listeners to the True Alignment podcast. We're really trying to grow the podcast because we believe in alignment so much, both professionally and personally. And, and the way that we get to do this is to reach more people. And, and what we need from you is to go on after you listen and whatever platform you're on to, to rate the podcast, provide a review for the podcast, and refer people to the podcast so that more people will get in this conversation about alignment. Thank you. Hello out there and welcome to True Alignment. I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf. Uh, welcome everybody. Thanks to Nick Smarto and the boys uh, in, the, in the skinny giving yeah. us the intro music. Always great. Always great. We're live today in the Innovation Center in the Anderson College of Business and Computing at Regis University in Denver, Colorado. A little bit different uh, site here today. Yeah, we're in the True Alignment office. We're in the True Alignment office. Got a big board full of uh, all of our musings uh, for what we're going to do in the future with True Alignment. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And uh, as always, uh, you're welcome to uh, join us in the conversation. Any and all questions, thoughts, comments, anything at all are are always welcome. Info at truealignment.org. Let us hear from you, and we'll get back to you as quickly as we can. Um, Please uh, feel free to share um, the True Alignment podcast with your friends and uh, get them to subscribe. And we're hoping that you're subscribing out there as well and becoming a regular listener. Thank you. And if you like it, please give us a good review. Ah, excellent. Thank you. The way you're looking at me, Ken, it says, gee, you left that one out there. You're absolutely right. Yeah, we're so, I have a view of the so board. We're so. professional around here, aren't we? Yeah, he's got a view of the board. There's a lot going on here, a lot. Yeah, we've got uh, 2024 is going to be a, a fun year for True Alignment with a lot of uh, new programming. And, um, yeah, we're going to be producing a video series. And uh, so, yeah, a lot, a lot of good fun. Yeah, the video series is really kind of uh – a unique thing I shared, I shared with my wife that seeing my name on that, uh, form as executive producer, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Well, the next step is you got to write a check. <laughs> <laughs> we just have to get a good partner producer. as an executive producer. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well said. Well said. Well, the, um, you know, Edgar, I, as you talk about 2024 and, and true alignment, uh, you know, this is, we should say to the audience, you know, we're not just talking about alignment for, for, for you personally or, or you and your organization, because we, we, we contemplate and puzzle off of our own work all the time. Yeah, we do. And, and this was, um, you know, one of the conversations we've had over the course of the podcast, which I don't know, Jim, we're on episode 60 something, three, 64, 64 now. Uh, As we're here on episode 64, you know, we started this from uh, when it was made popular for the great resignation, which we called the great alignment. (laughs) And, and now, um, you know, we still, all that work that came out of the great alignment, we've mentioned it before, but Uh you know, the, uh, the, the new way that people were leaving their roles and not having a place to go, but they were deciding they didn't need to be where they were. Mm-hmm. You know, that was really kind of boggling the business community and, and people in general. We yeah. saw the greatest number of uh, uh, filings for new businesses in the U.S. of all time. 
Um, and uh, like a million more businesses were started that year than, than any year prior. And then, you know, as we come out of COVID, a lot of those folks went back to their roles. And, and now we're seeing a couple things. One is businesses are saying, get back in the office. Which, yep. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we send everybody to go back to listen to the Elon Musk episode where we're really questioning that play. But I mean, he's still, <laughs> we could do a whole nother episode, part he's doing, two of, he's doing a lot of, of that same stuff, title. Yeah, I saw him on the news yesterday. Um, I love his religious philosophies. <laughs> well, you know, you, you speak about funding to your executive producer. You're going to have to write a check. You're going to have to find money. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you heard what he said to his advertisers that are leaving Twitter. <laughs> Like I, yeah, I can't, we can't say it on our show, but I, I he was quite yeah. clear on a New York times interview, what, it, what he was going to say to them. Uh-huh. Um, but the, uh, <laughs> but you know, all, a lot of the other businesses eventually got in line with, with what he was saying really early, which was, um, get back. I mean, we just met with, with, uh, with somebody we know yesterday, um, who works on the other side of the country mm-hmm. and you know, he was, he was there one week a month. Right. And, and now he's going to be there a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. They're making that demand of him to be back. And, uh, and when, when your whole lifestyle is, and your individuality is based on that sense, you know, there's a certain sense of autonomy that it is that we all want that sense of control that comes with that. And then to be able to, uh, and it is about control because what's happening is somebody else is taking control of my life. And this is where it leads us into this whole, like, there's so much to be said about alignment and the power of choice. And so today, our topic here in this conversation with a little bit of intention really is about intersection. It's about convergence and everything that's happening. So here we are. We have a um, uh, a historical uh, view of what's going on that says we've innovated so much. We have so much technology. There's so much for us to be able to absorb and use as human beings that we're seeking a sense of clarity. There's uh, almost a sense of confusion, loss of control that's going on all around us. So this idea of the uh, great resignation, and we called it the great alignment, uh, we're looking at it now through the lens of it being the new alignment. In other words, that there's a place historically that we're, that we're right now in, of course, all, all, all time sequences, historical in one shape, form or another, but specific to this, you've got this incredible convergence of all the innovation and all the technology. Uh, the forces in business are very unique to the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course the pandemic had a lot to do with that. And we've talked about that. But now as we look forward, this new alignment piece, and, and I think the reason we're seeing such a, um, uh, an increase in entrepreneurial behavior that people are looking for their own alignment. They're looking for their own lives and wanting to lead them that they that they want to lead them and and be who they want to be and really be focused on the being part of it. And um, that requires one to be able to have choice, a sense of autonomy about what I do with my time in my life because as we always talk about, time is so precious. Yeah. Uh, let me interrupt you for one second if it's okay. <laughs> Thank you. He just shook his head. No, that hell no, it wasn't okay. Well, I'm doing it anyway. The um, I did I, I was like, what do you mean? I say this is a conversation you're supposed to ask. Huh? Well, well, you don't have to. You know, if we if we pick up those so those businesses, yeah. they called everybody back to work. Yeah, and then a lot of them came back to work for a week and then said, "Yeah, I'm good." 
<laughs> or they didn't, they decided not to come back. This is no longer for me. My sister-in-law works for one of the major insurance companies and, and they did this and they, they had to let go of a large collection of people and they just had to hire the biggest group of people they've ever had to hire. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're thinking about this, you know, it is that, it is that idea of personal choice, but Edgar, I'm going to invite you. We've done, we've done this conversation on the podcast before, mm-hmm. but I, I want to invite you to talk as you think, as you discuss this, the, how we're talking about it now is the new alignment is to reintroduce our, our audience to, to the concept of the third element. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the third element is, is alignment. The other two elements are the two most precious things in our lives, which are love and time. And historically, throughout the history of humankind, the greatest tension that we all live with and the internal tension uh, that we all live with is um, how it is that we love to the fullest in the time that we have. Ultimately, that's where we wind up. In all the coaching work that, uh, that I've done over the past 30 plus years, eventually the conversation comes down to who am I and how am I spending my time with those that I, that I love and care about most. And that is our, appears to be our lifelong pursuit. And so when we think about the third element is as you move through life, you have early on limited number of love relationships and the depth of that love is, is, is limited. And as we begin to move through life, we increase the number of love relationships and we come to the realization that our ability to love one another is actually infinite and has no boundaries. It's what we want. It's what we make of it and want to make of it that matters so much. And so, as as love expands, at some point we realize uh, that as love is expanding, time is contracting, and there's that there's that natural tension that we all live with. It's it's uh, the cause and of our desire for immortality, is that, and. Um, so enter the third element. So you have the elements of love and time. The third element is alignment and the power of choice. Yeah. I choose to do with my time what I want to do with it and what I see as being valuable to me. Well, in these ultimate, um, you know, that's why we, that's why we do this work around alignment because it, 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 there's so much out there. You know, I'm reading the, the book on my nightstand right now that I am struggling to get through because it's, uh, I don't know, I, in, I read it as a self-help book and it's not, it's not helpful right now for me. I mean, uh, it, you know, I, somebody gave it to me. Um, it's called from strength to strength, Arthur Brooks. And, uh, uh-huh. have you read it? Uh, I, I may have, but you know, the idea is that you are, you're good at part of these uh-huh. things in the front end of your life. And then he's got that time construct in there. And then, you know, he says that naturally your performance in that thing you're good at in one part of your life is going to wane. Yes. And, and we have to own the fact that it's going to wane. And then you should be figuring out where your strength will come from then. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't quite figure out why I don't think it's that helpful for me. I, I can, I can c- c- take a couple of pops at this <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> well, the first, the first thing that comes to mind to me is that um, – yeah, we our adventure. Every every part of our lives, whether we let go of them or not, are part of our journey. And I think if you think about replacing strengths with strengths, I'd I would rather suggest that you keep on recognizing, building on your experiences in a way that you uh, take something and keep moving it forward. It may change your uh, your ability to apply it differently. Probably happens. 
But the thing is, we are who we are, and our experiences are all part of our journey. And so to look at it that way. I think one of the second thought I have about you in particular, and this applies to a lot of people that are listening, is, um, uh, you know, in the true alignment framework, there's the three main motivations, right? That sense of need for connectivity, inclusion, so you know, social social connection. The second one is our desire for competency, and then there's the desire for love. Those are the three drivers of, of human behavior. When you when you think about journey and competencies, so your skills and what you learned early in your career may not be in alignment to what it is that you need further on down the road in another career, another aspect of your life. And as you move through life, you're going to require different sets of skills and competencies. You're a very competent human being, hmm. amazingly competent in everything that you do. The thing is you care more about service. You care more about love. So if you're reading a book that focuses on, well, you know, your skills and what you're learning earlier in, lo- in life aren't going to serve you well later on in life, you got to, you know, you got to transition. A, that's natural. B, it's great to be aware of it. And furthermore, it's even more important to recognize that anytime we read a book or anybody gives us advice, how does it fit us? It's like using a time management system that doesn't align with our personalities. It's never going to work. And so for you reading a book about competency and skills and what happens as you go through life, um, in relationship to that, that's not your main target. You're more, you're much more driven by the that desire to be of service, to build something, to help others build things. When I look at what you do here and doing your coaching and consulting work, your focus is is always more, much, much more, less on yourself and more on being in service to someone. And I think that's important. So as I think about that, and that goes back to the alignment piece too, which is through that awareness, we make the choices, make the decisions that we need to make really that are in alignment to our being and that truly at a, at a very you know, deep core reflect who we are. Yeah. Well, thank you, Edgar. Um, you know, I, I appreciate that. You know, I, I think... Um, this is where I say no, thank you. <laughs> and I mean that. I, I think that the... Um, now you're blushing. This is, I got to say, Edgar's about to say that I'm blushing. You know, is it when you're bald? Like I said, it's not just your face. Your whole head goes a different color. Ah, it's so. Christmas time. <laughs> That's right. Fit, fits right in. Well, I, I think that, um, you know, the the self-help, the, the leadership literature is written as a a collection of things to try on. Yes. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, and so, you know, it's eventually a, you learn about self by trying the advisory these. context as opposed to exploratory. You know, it's kind of like the difference between religion and spirituality. Well, and you know, and for me, you know, my internal dialogue is always like, well, who am I and why the hell is it like that? And right. I mean, I, I mean, that is, that is the internal voice that is going on in my head. So when I, when I read something like I want to be, I want to be struck when I, when I think about me, I want to be struck with something that helps me more deeply think about me. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and this is funny because I just brought this out with my wife last night. I brought out the me model because she was talking about work because she was talking about choice. You busted out the me model. I, I did. I said, honey, we got to talk about the me model. For, for some of you that are <laughs> not familiar with our podcast, the me model is a, uh, a very concise way of seeing, um, uh, understanding our behavior, 
our self-concept, our uh, emotional intelligence, and, uh, and our power of choice in influencing the world around us to get our fulfillment to really, in a way, get verification of the me. Well, and it acknowledges that you're yeah. going to have emotions, right? It doesn't try and dismiss them. Right. And, and Absolutely. I mean, this might be that conversation about, you know, the work. Uh, it is about self because people said, well, here's my emotion. And now I am exercising my right to choose whether or not I'm going to yeah. work for you. So Yeah. And so here's, here's a bit of convergence in the context, right, that we're currently in, in this new alignment, is that organizations are struggling. Uh, think about this. Employee well-being, mental health, um, it, you know, engagement. What's really going on here? Well, what's going on is there's a recognition. We're in this age of awareness where we've created so much that we've got to step back and be able to recognize what our role in it is, in it is as humanity, and and what do we do with that? And I think in business, what business you know, you mentioned the struggle before. I think what business is struggling with is is this um, recognition that's happening through society of the. Um, the alignment between the individual and the work that they do. It's always been there. But I think right now we're at a place where there's a much, much greater degree of awareness. And sometimes that awareness is showing up because people are struggling. And when people begin to struggle, when people, they're either looking, they're looking outside themselves for answers, eventually they look inside themselves for answers. And that's what we're seeing. And that's what makes this so powerful. It's always been there. It's always been there at some level. Right now, it's in a moment of expansion that we have not seen in the last hundred plus years of the industrial era. That well, we've and, and, and you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, as we move from that industrial era to the information era and we're bombarded, we're bombarded by things that reflect to us that it sometimes can become harder to think about us independently of the reflections back to us. And, and, you know, Edgar, this has been the, um, so I, you know, I have a movie reference. I, oh. I mentioned before, before the podcast that, you know, I, I might make a mistake because I, there's a book I want to talk Thank about. Goodness I, I'm going to, I'm going to call reference. the, I'm going to call the book out because I, listen, I was scared. Email me in, at info at truealignment.com. If you want to talk about this book, because I want to talk about this book. We, we, we travel for, for the holiday every year down to see family in Texas. And so it's about 11 hour drive. And so we, we often just kind of, you know, uh, randomly pick a book to listen to. And, and this year, um, you know, we've picked a couple of good ones in the past. We picked, uh, I just go through the Dr. Seuss library. <laughs> Please go ahead. We, you know, we used to, uh, before we had, you know, podcast platforms, we used to just pick them out of library, pick an audio book and you, you just picked them based on the cover, right? I didn't want to know too much about them. I didn't want to look them up with play them. And if you didn't like them, we'd Curiosity. shut them off. Right. Okay. Yeah. Just and we've wandered into some really great books that way, um, especially when they start putting them on cassettes. You know, there were twelve cassettes in the box. <laughs> exactly the CDs. I remember we would, you know, we'd load them into the car like that. The um, well, this time we 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 downloaded and we listened to the book Lessons in Chemistry. And I have to say that if you have not, it's a show out. And I'm, we've watched the first three episodes of the show since we've been back from that trip to Texas last weekend, and. I'm so upset because the show is nothing like the book. And I, listen, I know movies and shows are not like the books, but it's way far away from the book. Uh. So if you like the show, go read the book. It's way, way better. Go read or listen to the book. But so 
I want to talk about that with somebody. But here's the movie reference. Apparently. <laughs> I do. I do. I've been, Amy's like, what has, what has you now. about that book? And so it has, it has really struck me. Um, it, you know, and, but it goes to the same point because it makes me think about me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's very personal. I mean, that thing is reflected to me. Um, there's a very, uh, you know, it's said in the late fifties, early sixties. So there is a lot of, uh, extremely misogynist, um, cultural mores that when you look through today's lens, you're like, how could that possibly be? <laughs> right. But you know, I, I mean, I'll just spill one of the beans. You know, the woman who's the lead character gets dismissed from work because her, um, uh, not to be too graphic, but her, her birth control had failed. Her hus- her boyfriend, live-in boyfriend, they loved each other, but they just did not believe, she did not believe in marriage. She ended up being pregnant, only finding out after he had died. They worked at the same place. She was dismissed because she was having an illegitimate child. Right. I mean, I just can't fathom that in today's world. So you get to watch this with some like, whoa. Yeah. The term illegitimate in itself can be really interesting. Oh my gosh. To this whole conversation. <laughs> totally. Let's not even go so, there. <laughs> so, you know, those are just some examples. So I, I really want to talk about <laughs> lessons in chemistry with somebody, but I'm here to give you a movie reference. So the movie reference that I, that I want to think about is, uh, again, my movie taste is not highfalutin. So, um, the movie, the intern with Robert De Niro. Yeah. I mean, Robert De Niro is an interesting study of a human because, <laughs> He would probably, right? I mean, and later in life, as he's found these comedic roles, yeah. Um, you know, this is one that is kind of, it is comedic, but it's meant to be a little bit more serious than some of his. Yeah, now he's comedic. playing Cary Grant. Yeah, totally right. I mean, we're watching the arc of his his life. But yeah. if if you're not familiar with that movie, The Intern, it is uh, the idea that his wife has passed away and he has had a long life and he's retired and he decides to get back into the workforce. And he becomes an intern for this um, female-led fashion company yeah. that has all the, you know, all the kitschy uh, things that, you know, New York City s- startups have, you know, the big warehouse office and the, you know, the, with the glass rooms in them and, the, you know, everybody's uh, playing, playing games and things like that. So, but he really comes in and he, he teaches everybody in the office, something, um, including himself. Yes. And so, you know, that was, he was going into that second part of, of his life. And he was just now figuring out who he was. And in turn, what he did was help the, those around him do something similar, right? And Hathaway plays the, the female lead in that, um, the owner and she, she thinks you can be either uh, a CEO of this company or a, a mom and a wife. Mm-hmm. And she, did, she didn't think you could do both. And she was accepting of a lot of things because she didn't think you could do both. And he was the one that helped her see that the, the things weren't separate. When it comes to alignment, we don't want to limit ourselves. Yeah. Because that, that limiting is interesting. One is that in a way we're kind of uh, leaving a, part of who we are somewhere and not, and not living life to its fullest and not being in it in that, in that full way. Um, th- there's also the aspect going back to the autonomy piece is uh, when we have and feel that power of choice and have that sense of autonomy, 
then what it allows us to do is 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 come to a place of alignment where we are living to the fullest. And so often what happens is um, the demands of our careers and our work, and I'm not saying that we ought not to have them. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is that we want a greater sense of, of control around what that looks like and the choices that we have so that we don't feel... It, that natural tension, that misalignment uh, causes a natural tension in, in, in our being. And that's going to show up emotionally. It shows up in our relationships. Again, every time we have a misalignment, there's the opportunity. And so for, for all of us in, in our work, especially if we're working in a company, in a corporation, it's so important to be able to recognize that um, to be, uh, to really bring together and live life to the fullest and, truly be ourselves, we need to keep, you know, we keep reminding ourselves that um, alignment is about that expansive way of, of seeing ourselves in our lives and in our relationships. So here's here's the, the sneak preview of 2024 for true alignment for mm-hmm. our listeners. So we, we've made a collective decision that we are not going to treat these we're not going to treat personal alignment and professional and organizational alignment as independent things. Right. Because they are, the reality is they are all one, one and the same. And it even goes back to the simplicity of what a company is. A company is people being in company with one another. That's where it comes from. Yeah. And to really be truly present in my relationship to others, I need to be present in my relationship to myself. Yeah. This is the, you bring up the competitive advantage Nautilus, right? Yes. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Which is the, you know, the idea that... Um, we you know, do love our models. We do, but once you start listening to each other, you develop some trust. And once you have that trust in each other, you openness. start to listen to each other, <laughs> right? Right, and the openness isn't just sharing openly, it's listening to one another openly. And through that understanding what mutual benefit looks like, what, what the reciprocities are that are in play in the relationship. And whenever those aren't being met, there's the misalignment, there's the opportunity. And unless you have openness, unless you trust that you're going to be heard, that that's a part of the relationship, and we don't speak openly to what it is that we really need and want from one another. And then it becomes really difficult to work towards mutual benefit. Yeah. And, and you know, if we, if we think about this kind of organizational and professional alignment and, and personal alignment and having the conversations earlier, because you mentioned earlier, we, we always get to the point with anybody we're working with in any organization, any leadership role, that it is about them. It is about <laughs> them personally. Yeah. We always get there. Yeah. So yeah. we're just. Everybody knows it. You know, Leonard Cohen, everybody knows. Yeah. Yeah. So we're just not going to wait to start having those conversations. Uh-huh. We're yeah. going we're gonna to do them together. They, they, they belong together. They do. Just as we can't separate ourselves, uh, you know, oh, different at home than I am at work. Well, let's talk about what that really means. Aren't you the same person? So how are you showing up differently? And where are you in alignment and true to yourself and where aren't you? Eh. And when you're not, you know it. You feel it. Well, and here's here's where the personal alignment side becomes really uh, helpful for that. Because it, you, I mean, that is, a, that is a step. You need to feel it and you need to know it. Yeah. Right? That's the, <laughs> that's the part of the me model where now you have emotions. 
you've you've known it and you've felt it. Yeah. <laughs> now you have choice. Uh, yeah, and and it was such a fun exercise. So let's 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 look at employee well being, right? Well being cultures, cultures of well being in organizations. What are we really talking about there, right? So as far as I can tell, at the end of the day. Um, what we're really doing is offering people within the context of an organization or a company the, the ability to create al- alignment in their lives. And when we're doing that and they're working with less tension of fear, then they're going to perform and produce at a higher level. I think that's just a natural consequence of how, yes, there's always the pressure, there's always a, uh, a, t- a certain tension of, uh, you know, that we need to accomplish, uh, the reality is, um, and, and we see this, we see where this has been heading for the last decade or two with strength finders, positive psychology, all of it. At the end of the day, I would suggest to you what we're really looking at is it all is aiming towards alignment of the individual within the context uh, that they're that they're in, the company, the yep. organization, and can we help them create the alignments that allow them to be the very best and and achieve the greatest levels of success by whatever definition that they're seeking. That's the game. That's what it's all about. And I think that's what's happening within the business context is that there's a, uh, an expansion of that, that desire, that need uh, for people who want to be in that place. Yeah. I, I think so much, no, so much so, Edgar, that the, and, and as you mentioned, all of the, the tools to find out about oneself, there's a lot of them. Well, there is. There's so many, and I would lay on the table that those are reflections back to you. They are. They're door openers. I like to, any tool, whether it's a disc or whatever it happens to be, they're conversation starters. Yeah. And the main conversation, then, is with myself. Yes. And only if I'm having that conversation in a honest on. way can I bring myself to the world in true fashion. So I just have to say, hold on. So you're saying to me, any other new information I get, I get to talk more to myself? Yes. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah, I mean, who do we spend most of our time talking I to know. anyway? Oh, myself. What do you know? All the time. Yeah. Gee, I dream. Gee, what is that all about? Right? Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the, uh, and Graham Nash said it so well recently, um, and I think it was for AARP magazine, you know, for, uh, is that um, no matter who we're with at the end of life, we're, we're going at it alone. And that alone, yeah. It's an experience that no matter what we're we're doing it alone, and I and I think you reflect on that and just unwind it all the way back through your life, and you realize that in in a way you're with yourself, and that's that's who you're really with, and then all of your relationships and everyone that you love and you spend time with and perhaps that you work with, they're just informing you of who you are in your life. Speaking of expanded love, right? I mean, you you have juniper and. You know, that's a whole different, you know, when you're, I, we just, I just had a student in class that had a baby last, last week, Friday, last Friday. And, uh, he was in class last night. And so we got to meet his, uh, his newborn. And so you could just, there was a, you know, there was like an aura. You can't bring kids to school. Aura around him, (laughs) you know, in a good, you, you mentioned technology blowing up when you have zoom, you can bring your kids, you can bring your dogs, you can bring whoever. (laughs) Um, but you know, you do, you expand that love. It is, um, I'm so happy we made that choice, Edgar. It was, it was, there was a little tension in true alignment, right? Because we were, we were trying, we were, we were talking about, <laughs> excuse me, the future of the business. Right. 
and and we kept leaving the personal aside. Like we kept literally like we had we had the tree diagram and yes. we had the personal on one side of the tree. Oh yeah, in our uh, in our strategic thinking. Yes. Yeah. And so um and, and we and we didn't we didn't set clear intentions and have clear communications with each other because we were we weren't saying to each other out loud we want to do more of the personal thing. We don't want it to be a separate side. Yeah, cuz business is everything in business is personal. Again, what is business? It's the uh, creation and delivery of products and services that fulfill human need and desire. Uh, regardless of how transactional we make it, the recipient of the product or service looks at it personally. They make the choice. It influences them. They're the ones that decide whether or not in that experience of that product or service and that customer experience, if they're getting their needs met or not. It's always, always personal. It's always about the self. Well, I think that this is in, you know, in, in Jim, as we talk about, you know, you having Juniper and the, and the love being expansive. You know, I, there's a tendency to not let others in because the equation gets more complicated when your love is expanding, right? You're, you're having new sets of questions about who you are Yes. Um, when new things happen in your life. Yeah, and that's also the wonderful aspect of it because it, as it challenges us uh, to some degree, sometimes very, to, to really the core of our being, what it also does is reminds us that we need to find a place where we are ourselves and that we're being truly who we are intended to be and who we want to be. Yeah, It keeps it reminding us of that. Every relationship matters. Every single relationship matters. One thing I've been having conversations with over the last couple of days is is people who have um, <laughs> different personalities who, you know, I've been challenged. Like, why why do you talk to those people? I, you know, different personalities don't, they give me an opportunity to think about myself differently. Like, I, you know, this is the thing. It's not. <laughs> if I only talk to people that were exactly like me, yeah. what, 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 where would I go? Right. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, you, you accept that you're going to grow and change. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the joke we have when we're young that, you know, I'm never going to be like my parents. And then one day you realize like you have become them. That's why that progressed set of progressive commercials about the young people who buy their first homes and become their parents is so awesome because yeah, right. <laughs> it's, because it's calling yeah. out, a, it's calling out a mirror to our truth. Um, there you go, and that's what happens. So uh, you know that idea of every relationship matters, and our experiences in life always call out to our truth, and that's the core of alignment. Is um, in relationship to myself, what is the truth? By whatever definition I use to describe myself, there you are, and so every relationship reflects on that or everything that we experience reflects on that. And, and I think that's the part of it that is yeah, so much in, in business in the context of organizations, the more that, um, the more that companies, organizations, businesses, the more that they can look at each individual and see them for who they are and promote the idea of well-being and alignment to who they w- w- want to be that that's, that's key. 
And it could be just a manifestation of a skill set or a set of competencies in a specific job or role. The thing is, that's that's probably not taking advantage of the moment um, to limit our thinking to that. I don't think is real because everything that's going to show up and what that who that person is is going to show up, and we have to be able to pay attention to it. I think that's probably one of the most difficult aspects of leadership that people deal with, especially when they transition into leadership roles, is realizing it's not just the simplicity I'm leaving behind technical competency. I've got to learn a whole new set of competencies. Part of that is I have to really understand people to do this well. I've got to understand, and I cannot understand you until I understand myself, which is why awareness is at the core of, of so much of the leadership development that we're seeing in the world around us. Um, because it's real, it's truthful. Well, and it's not the, it's not the, is it Edmund Hillary that did Everest first? It's credited with doing Everest credited first. Credited with, yes. Yeah, credited, sorry. Not, he there certainly didn't do it first, but, um, you know, and I think we, yeah. we have to, we have to stop painting leaders as the most heroic people in the room. Right, a good leader is going to constantly be asking questions while things change. It doesn't ignore that technical competency that you talk about, but the emotional intelligence is not. I figure myself out, then I figure you out, and I'm done. It's not a peak we've climbed. It's ongoing. It's ongoing. Yeah, yeah. You can't see it as because I've because I've climbed Everest doesn't mean that I've that I've uh, truly come come to the peak of who I am. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's the. <laughs> Maybe that's why that book bothers me so much. It's unidirectional. Well, that's another thing in our work that we've been talking a lot about is what 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 makes alignment work different. And because alignment work focuses on the dialogue, it's it's um, so much of what we're doing in self improvement and um, in, in you know in the marketplace of self improvement, which is a really big business marketplace for a reason. I was thinking a lot of it is one directional. It's telling, it's advising. Mm-hmm. Um, and even those that would um, ask you to, you know, journal and, and, um, and uh, you know, write about yourself or, and, and capture yourself in different ways to understand yourself. Um, it's, it's about the questions. And even then it can feel very one directional. It requires dialogue. Yeah. Just like a great relationship uh. requires a dialogue. I, you just made me realize how important that dialogue part is to me, Edgar. It I, is. I remember I, I went to therapy after my mom had passed away. I needed it. I was in a rough way. And and I, and I was so disappointed. And I was disappointed because it wasn't a dialogue. Uh, yeah, somebody probably told you all the different things that you ought to be doing to to feel better. Well, I, you know, there's, there's two times <laughs> in my feeling. life where I have to look with irony. And so... Um, I don't know if we've shared on the podcast, you know, I have this history where I, um, for 25 years, I cooked sausage at the New York state fair. Yeah. And when I yeah, first talked about this, when I first great. met my, my father-in-law, he asked me if I had ever grilled. <laughs> and I just, I looked at my wife and I said, I've grilled tonnage of food. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. I mean, literally thousands and thousands, thousands of, of pounds, pounds of food. Yeah. Right. And I probably grilled more in a single day than most human beings ever will in their life. Um, but there was, you know, I went to this therapist and she asked me, do you write? 
you know, and as an academic, you know, that's part of our job. Yes. <laughs> I'm uh-huh. like, oh my God, lady. Like, of course I write. Uh-huh. She's like, well, you should journal. I'm like, yeah, it, this is why we're going to struggle because I need you to help me in dialogue with each other. Yeah. Explore some of these things um, so that I can make sense of them. Uh-huh. And, uh, and here's a takeaway for this, uh, for this uh, episode is that could, should, would, <laughs> they're all words of gap. Yeah. And they're not words of listening. Yeah, no, great point. Great point. We could do this, even to ourselves. I could. I should have. I, oh, gee. Let me inquire what really is going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without the dialogue, you end up in that self-distortion. Yeah. I, You know, which is, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the distortion is a little bit of a, it's a loop run, right? Yeah. Keeps going. And keeps building, if you mm-hmm. think the heroic. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, you know, the funny part is here in the in the post-Thanksgiving episode, none of us asked about each other's Thanksgiving. Oh. And that's okay. Maybe we'll talk to each other around Christmas time. It was Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> Mine was great. <laughs> Mine was, was great. Yeah. We even had a dinner. Um, my mother's recovering uh, and is in a uh, health and rehab center. She's, uh, she's 88. And um, so very soon, she's 89 for all intents and purposes in a couple of weeks or so. And she, um, uh, so we, we, we packed up, a, I heated up a bunch of stuff. We packed it up into a, into a cooler to keep it hot. And we ran it over and we set up a table and um, fam, some family came along. And we did, we did another Thanksgiving. So we, we had three this year. It was just absolutely wonderful. Talk about community and. So much love. Yeah, it was great. That wasn't through the same day, though, right? No. Yeah, no, Ky- I, can eat, I can't eat that much. <laughs> Kyle and I keep telling ourselves we're never going to do three in a day again. And we almost did it this year, but I'm pretty happy we'd, we made it uh, a decision not to do the full three. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was Sharon Egger was in this conversation with me, but I was sharing that, you know, one of the, um, you know, when you anchor memories to some some smells, one of the smells that has me and it just comes flooding back to me during Thanksgiving is uh, we, we had a big giant family and we always had Thanksgiving growing up at my aunt's house, uh, my grandmother's house originally. And then as my grandmother got older at my aunt's house and um, that meant that we didn't have the leftovers to take home. So uh, about 4am my mother would get up and you, you would be woken up by the smell of, of her making her stuffing. And I just, I mean, I, I love that smell. I love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. Love it. But, um, she would make a full Thanksgiving meal for us to specifically have leftovers. <laughs> so we, we begged for an early Thanksgiving dinner. So, and we still do so that we can have uh, turkey and stuffing sandwiches later that same day. There you go. Yes. Gluttony at its finest. With mayo or gravy? I'm a mayo guy <sighs> on the sandwich. Well, because oh. leftovers the next night are typically open-faced hot turkey sandwiches, uh-huh. right? Then we have the gravy, just and I don't do cranberry on my sandwich. Cranberry on my sandwich. Just Rosalind Carter, whose uh, favorite kitchen ingredient was is may- was mayonnaise. Yeah, <laughs> good, good Southern, good Southern woman. 
Uh, right? The ingredients the ingredients in the South sometimes are a little different than the ingredients in the Jim, North. Jimmy jogged every day, and when he was done with that, he rode his bicycle every day. I guess now we know why. Yes, right. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I talked to somebody who else, you know, has this fond memory of their grandmother with the, you know, the coffee can of lard that, it was permanently in the <laughs> permanently on the stovetop because you used it for everything, right? Yes. Yeah, and if nothing if nothing was available, a piece of rye bread with some of that lard and some salt on it. Oh, oh, forget <laughs> it. Watching my father, in hindsight, watching my father eat that, I I, I kind of cringe because of his three open heart surgeries that he had. Yeah. All right. So. Is that All right. for today? That's it for today. That's it for today. We digress. <laughs> we digress hard. We digress hard. We make a mess. <laughs> so for all of you out there, uh, we're looking forward to the future dialogues, the, the conversations uh, about alignment, and just want to remind you, uh, please feel free to share, um, subscribe, ask, uh, share with your friends. Uh, reviews are always welcome. Yes, please. Including what that, that part about Thanksgiving didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, all your thoughts, comments, as always, info at truealignment.com. The part about Thanksgiving was us. Yes, I, it is. That was us. Always Not is. professional us. Us. Oh, that's either way, it's us. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and so with that, um, we'll bid you adieu. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, until the next time on True Alignment, I'm Edgar Papke. I'm Ken Sagendorf. Have a good week, everybody. And live aligned.